This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our scripture that was read came from the 53rd chapter in the book of Isaiah, the first through the fifth verse. And I want to read it again because I really want us to sort of listen to Isaiah as he talks about Christ. And it's an unusual text to preach from, actually, during this Advent season where we celebrate joy. But I want you to hear the heart of Isaiah as I read this one more time. Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and the first with the fifth verse. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. A firefighter is a person that is extensively trained to extinguish hazardous fires that threaten property as well as to rescue people from dangerous situations like crashed vehicles or burning buildings. Often, when we make references to firefighters, we describe them in the context of being a hero. We call them heroes because they charge into dangerous situations with seemingly reckless abandon. And to all of us, we see them put their own safety and lives in danger for people that they often don't even know. They don't ask their name or even their economic status. They don't ask the color of their, of their skin or even their political affiliations. They just know that the people are in danger and that their life and their property is worth saving. And we call them heroes. For many Christians, there is a belief that our primary function in life is to gain admittance into heaven. We have a belief in a faith that promises a satisfactory afterlife, yet has absolutely no impact on life in the here and now. It's nothing more than consumer Christianity, bumper sticker faith. It is a fire escape mentality where we can't wait to get out of this hellfire so that we can enjoy our pie in the sky. These contemporary Christians spend all of their time looking for a hero, a firefighter to rescue them from the burning buildings of their choices, the burning buildings of their decisions, the burning buildings of their poor credit, 
the burning buildings of their failed relationships. They are looking for a hero. But really, what is a hero? Does heroism always involve physical strength, bravery, and a do-for-me-what-I-can't-do-for-myself kind of person? Or are there other qualities that really define what it means to be a hero? There is more to being a hero than risking one's life. And notice what I said, risking one's life. So with our text in Isaiah as a backdrop, I want to speak a message today about being rescued. And in a message that I've titled quite simply, Our True Hero. Our True Hero. Let us pray. Most gracious, heavenly, and eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have assembled now, whether online or here in the sanctuary, to hear a word from you. No one came to hear me, O God. And so, Father, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you will now incarnate your spirit in my flesh and use these lips of clay and use even this body, this broken body, as an instrument of your word. Speak, O God. Speak, for your children are listening. This we pray in Jesus' name. And the church all over the world, we say amen, amen, and amen. Here's a true story. Back in 2007, actually on January 2nd in 2007, there was a gentleman by the name of Cameron Hollapeter. He was a 19-year-old film student, and he suffered a seizure while standing and waiting for the train at the 137th Street subway station in New York City. Right on the platform, he suffered a seizure. As his body convulsed out of control, the young man stumbled on the platform and onto one of the tracks, directly in the path of an inbound train. A gentleman by the name of Wesley Autry, a 50-year-old construction worker at the time, was standing on the platform with his two daughters when he saw Mr. Hollapeter fall. He jumped onto the tracks, grabbed hold of Hollapeter, and with only seconds to spare, he rolled with the younger man into a drainage trough between the two tracks. An instant later, the train cars thundered over both of them, and amazingly, neither of them was injured. After the story broke, media attention rapidly came and spread. By the end of the next day, Mr. Autry received a flood of gifts and phone calls of praise from complete strangers. Hear this. He received $5,000 in cash and $5,000 in scholarship for his daughters from a gentleman by the name of Jerry Sherlock, who at the time was the president of the New York Film Academy, where Mr. Hollapeter attends school. Autry received $10,000 from Donald Trump allegedly. He was interviewed for several national morning news programs and was invited to be a guest by David Letterman, Charlie Rose, and the Ellen DeGeneres Show, among others. Autry also earned the title Hero of Harlem and also received a trip to Walt Disney World. 
On January 9, 2007, the airing of the Ellen DeGeneres show, he was presented with a $5,000 Gap gift card, tickets, and backstage passes to the next Beyonce concert in New York. Season tickets for the New Jersey Nets, a signed jersey from Jason Kidd, a brand new Jeep Patriot, two years of car insurance from Progressive, and a one-year free parking pass to use anywhere in New York City. And if that were not enough, his daughters were given new computers that would be updated every three years until they graduated from high school. Mr. Autry was very modest about the status of being called Hero of Harlem. And he's quoted as saying this. This is what Mr. Autry said. I just did it because I saw someone in distress. Someone needed help. Mr. Autry selflessly risked his own life simply because someone needed help. He didn't know he was going to get all that stuff. But he just did it because someone needed help. The Merriam-Webster's Dictionary gives the following definition of a hero. A hero is a person who is greatly admired for great or brave acts or fine qualities. Now, the thing I want you to notice about this definition, brothers and sisters, is that the definition's description of a hero is based on something external. Whether it's a brave act like that performed by Mr. Wesley Autry or the selfless act that, is, that we see with a firefighter, there is this sense that you are a hero only if other people see what you do and greatly admire you. These heroes are men and women who rise to the top in times of crisis, displaying seemingly supernatural strength and sometimes supernatural courage. And if you watch television, read the newspaper, or talk to most people, you will see that our world has a very definite and distinct perception of what a hero really is. In other words, a person is a hero because of what they do. And when we greatly admire people for what they do, no matter how selfless or selfish they act, all we have to do is admire them, and we automatically give them the title hero. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. He's a hero because he's able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, and, and he can be seen for his power and his bravery. But what if everyone does not quickly or easily recognize the act that a person does? What if the act that a person does occurs in secret and no one knows about it? What if the life that a person lives cannot be expressed in one single act, but is expressed in a lifestyle, a way of living every single day for their entire life? Is that person still a hero? Is, is the single mother that can hardly make ends meet but works a thankless job and labors long hours to put food on her children's table, is she a hero? Is the father that lost his job but makes himself available for any odd jobs just to keep his family together, is he still a hero? Is the 
teacher that day after day tries to teach a room full of students that are consistently disrespectful and rude, but still tries to instruct them. Is she or he still a hero? Sometimes what society considers a hero is nothing more than someone who just got some publicity for doing something that they probably should have done anyway. At the risk of being controversial, I will tell you, not all firefighters, not all single moms, not all teachers, not all fathers, and certainly not all preachers, or even every parent, is a hero in the true sense of the word. Not all people who risk their lives for another person is a hero with or without publicity. Now, what you talking about, Pastor? I know this is feeling a little tight. But what I want you to know is, wait a second, Pastor. What about firefighters, police officers, military veterans, even our brother Wesley Autry? These people put their lives on the line every day for others. Are they not rightfully to be considered heroes? Maybe. Perhaps not. Are they humanitarians? Absolutely. Are they people of noble character? Definitely. Are they selfless public servants? Yes. Are they exemplary people of distinction? I agree. But are they all heroes? I don't know. Now before you get mad, <laughs> let me explain. Every person who risks their lives for someone else does so with the intention of not willingly electing to lose their life. I will risk my life for someone who is in trouble, but I'm not doing it willingly thinking that I'm going to die. There's a part of me, and that's why I use the word risk, because there's a part of me that believes that maybe I can do this and still get away with it. Maybe I can roll on the tracks and get Mr. Peter off, but, but I'm trying to also save my life. Is it selfless? Yes. But am I doing it willingly knowing that I will die? Absolutely not. Because if you give me the option, and I know for a fact that I'm going to die, but this person might live, I might make a different decision. So I'm saying to you, not everybody who gets the publicity for doing something that you or I might not be willing to do is necessarily a hero. <laughs> Listen, brothers and sisters, the Bible is very clear. Every person, and I don't know or care how noble you think you are, we are all wired for self-preservation. There is no part of the sin-filled man or woman that wants to willingly give up their life for anyone. I like to think that I would willingly give up my life for my family and my daughter and my son and my grandkids. I would like to think that. But I've not been tested. And I'm not saying to you that I would choose to preserve myself. What I'm telling you is that there's a part of me, if I'm honest, that is not willing to just die for somebody else, no matter how close I am to them. And especially for people I don't even know. Can we be honest in church? Amen. 
and not pretend that just because you wear a fancy robe, you are a person of virtue? There's a thing called impulse, which is a strong desire to do something. The impulse is what we saw in the act of Mr. Wesley Autry. And this character is a direct expression of being fashioned and shaped in the image of Almighty God. God has placed in each and every one of you this impulse that allows you to act on instinct. And if God did not give us that impulse for instinct, believe you me, there'd be a lot more dead Peters on subway tracks. There'll be a lot more dead people in burning buildings. But God has given us this impulse that allows us to put aside our own fears, our own worries, our own concerns in order to do something that goes against our very sin nature. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying, church. And because of this impulse, which is an expression of the creator, we have a proclivity and a tendency to act selflessly when certain situations arise. We cannot escape the impulse of the Holy Spirit's working that overrides our own selfish and sinful nature when it comes to work in the lives of human beings. This is why Mr. Wesley said, I just did it because I saw someone in distress. Someone needed help. What I'm telling you is that Mr. Archie was telling you that the Holy Spirit moved on him and he did not quench the Spirit. The Spirit moved. And he responded in impulse because the Holy Spirit wanted to save the life of another. Wesley's intention was not to die, but to save Mr. Cameron Hollow-Peter because of an impulse. And what I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that impulse comes to every single one of us, but we don't recognize it often because we are not friends with the Holy Spirit. When you are friends with the Holy Spirit and the impulse comes upon you, it says, wait a second, I know what I want, but I know what my Lord wants. And I will set aside my own concerns, my own fears, my own worries, even my own very life, if it's going to be a benefit to someone else. That impulse is what I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, is my introduction for you to the Holy Spirit. In the very same way, a soldier... A firefighter, a police officer will risk their life as a selfless act, but their intention is not to willingly die. This is why I say they are not necessarily heroes in the true sense of the word. Because given the right circumstances, if you act on the impulse because someone else is in trouble, then everybody is a hero. You just didn't get a chance to get the publicity yet. Well. And I'm saying there's a difference. <laughs> A risk means there's a potential for there to be a reward or some kind of gain. A mother will risk her life for her children because her impulse requires that she gain the preservation of her own children. That's a benefit. She wants to risk her life for the benefit of saving her children. There is something that she gets of benefit why she does it. She may have second thoughts about risking her life to save someone that may have molested her child. She would probably think twice about that. In other words, the firefighter, the police officer, the single mom may act on impulse and decide not to help you in a particular moment. And depending on the circumstances, they may or may not be a hero. 
Brothers and sisters, you can't always be sure 100% of the time that the rescuing that you need and the rescuing that you will get will come from the world's hero. So contrary to the definition of what the dictionary tells us, a hero is not something you are because of what you do. A hero is who you are based on your character. It's a question of doing versus being. So how are we to think about heroes, Pastor? There's a big difference between the world's hero and a true hero. Heroes do because they are. Let's look at now our text. I think you're ready for our text. Isaiah says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we're healed. You see, in our text, Isaiah begins with the question, who will believe our report? In other words, when Isaiah tells about this person and what he has done, no one will be inclined to believe his report. Everyone will consider the story false or foolish, and so this person will not be taken seriously. Clearly, this is not the case for what the world considers a hero. The world is going to shower you with blessings, but this person, Isaiah said, if I told you that he died on a cross for your sins, they're going to do what? Ha <laughs> ha, laugh at you. Who's going to believe our report that one little man is going to die on a cross to save the world? <laughs> Who will believe our report? Clearly, this is not the world's kind of hero. Next, Isaiah says, he has no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Let me put it in plain language. He's ugly. He ain't handsome. He don't look like Denzel or Brad Pitt. And we go, oh, wow. No Captain America. He more like the Hulk. <laughs> I'm saying. Read the text. Isaiah says he has no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, this person is looked upon with utter disdain. He does not fit the mold of what we like our heroes to look like. He don't look like Superman, James Bond, Captain America, or he's not fit for television. He's considered regular or plain. Nothing like what the world considers a hero. Isaiah then says, it's in the text. I'm not making this up. Isaiah then says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. In other words, in other words, we did not shower him with any kind of praise or accolades, even despite all the things that he accomplished. 
All the things that Jesus did. Turn water into wine. Heal blind, blind eyes. Heal leprosy. Raise the dead. He did all of these things and he ain't get no check from nobody. Clearly, nothing like how the world treats heroes. Then Isaiah says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. In other words, he endured unimaginable suffering as he was made fun of, and we even praised the level of his affliction. In other words, he's getting beaten so bad, and we're like, wow, can he take any more? Let's see. We are literally impressed by how he took his beating, and he just took it. And so we beat him even more to see how far he would go just for fun. Very much unlike the way the world treats heroes. Finally, finally, Isaiah says, brothers and sisters, I hope you're hearing me. Finally, Isaiah says, Walter, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. In other words, what he did was not for his benefit, but for ours. He did not get any credit while he yet suffered for us. And for the most part, every person in the world honors some hero for their heroism. But he was and is our true hero. Amen. Wesley Autry benefited a lot for his heroism. He got a lot of gifts showered on him for saving the life of a young man. But nowhere in the story do we hear that the person he saved, Mr. Cameron Peter, get any gifts for being a victim. This is what I'm talking about, brothers and sisters. A true hero will give up their life for those who deserve it and for those who do not deserve it. A true hero will give up their life willingly and not as a risk for possible reward. Jesus knew he was going to die and he willfully decided to take that even as he stood in the garden of Gethsemane saying, Lord, if it be possible, take this cup from me. No, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, I know I'm going to die. I know that the very people who I help are the same ones saying, crucify me. And I'm hanging on that cross looking at you as I just healed your daughter. And I say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. A true hero does not risk their life from impulse, but from instinct. Notice the difference. A strong desire versus something you do without even thinking about it. But most of all, as Isaiah tells us, a true hero is rarely recognized for their heroics. Out of all that we know about true heroes, only one person qualifies as our true hero. This description could fit only one person, as I talked about our true hero. Our true hero 
is, a, is single-mindedly God's man. He is completely devoted to God in the quiet place, far away from all the fanfare and the fame. He finds a quiet place to go and pray, away from the crowd. Our true hero's strength is in God. Nothing he did, he did on his own. But he was what he was hearing from the Father. Our true hero gives all the glory to God and keeps none of it for himself. Our true hero is someone who stands the test of time. Our true hero is someone whose character is about him and less about his accomplishments. So based on what I've talked about, church, I hope you see the difference between what the world considers a hero and our true hero named Jesus. Our true hero can be depended on all the time. No matter the circumstances, he is faithful and true. Whether you are standing on the platform or the train's about to run over you, he's going to bleed. He's going to die. And he's going to live. Make sure that you have life. For he has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Our true hero is faithful and true. Jesus came to die. To give his life not for his gain, but for yours and mine. Jesus took abuse and did not defend himself because the cost, the cost was worth the benefit for you and me. Jesus was crucified on that cross, left there to die because of his deep love for you and for me. And Jesus asked the Father to forgive us. For even though we did not know what we were doing, he did it so that we would not have to bear the burden of our sins. He took it. Our true hero, though, our true hero, though, as I prepare to close, our true hero got up on the third day. <laughs> Our true hero got up on the third day. Our true hero made all things new. Our true hero came to seek and to save the lost. Our true hero paid it all. Our true hero ascended into heaven. Our true hero has all power and authority. Our true hero has given you and me authority over sin, and our circumstances. But here's the best part, church. Here's the best part, church. Here's the best part, church. Our true hero will come again. And when he comes, he will judge the quick and the dead. Our true hero did all of this for you and for me. And because our true hero did this, Great, great, great is your and my reward in heaven. Amen. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.